This is a Retail Insider Podcast. You're listening to the interview series. Welcome to the Retail Insider Podcast. I'm your host today, Craig Patterson, and we're joined with a special guest, Sonia Gill. She's founder of The Link, which we're going to be talking about today. Welcome, Sonia. Thank you so much for having me. Now, tell me a little bit about The Link and what's involved. Yeah, absolutely. So The the Link is a marketplace. It's a affordable luxury marketplace that connects indie brands from around the world to the the North American consumer for now until we open it up to the UK um, and and some of Europe. So um, why we started the link is because, as you know, during COVID, everyone and anyone um, started an online presence. So this fragmentation that you saw pre-COVID, um, it became quite saturated. So it was almost impossible to find what you're looking for unless you were targeted with an ad or someone told you about something or you went searching for something. Um, So a lot of brands overseas were scrambling to find the right consumer to drive traffic back to them because at that time, no one was going to the stores and was going to the mall, et cetera, et cetera. So we brought them together on one marketplace um, and slowly as we've been growing, we're noticing more and more that these guys really want to connect with the North American consumer. Uh, the problem is, is there's just, there's so many logistics um, involved with this sort of thing. So there's shipping, duties, taxes, returns, the whole gamut. And so we solve for all of that. And to really help these, you know, kind of mid level. Um, so there, it wouldn't be like a, like a, I don't know if I'm allowed to name anyone here, but it wouldn't be kind of on H&M or Zara um, level, but it would be one level above because everything is um, handmade, uh, custom-made, beautiful fabrics. Uh, I actually have a whole rack of um, clothing here. Um, Sustainable. They're they're very climate conscious overseas. Um, So we've, we've brought them together all on one platform and we're trying to close that that gap that happens when you go to try, uh, when you go and find a really beautiful site and you're like, uh, is this going to show up to my door the way that it looks like in the pictures? So we're, we're closing that gap and we're telling everyone that what you see in the picture is exactly what's going to show up at your door. Um, and we're noticing that that gap is quite big. Uh, so we're slowly, slowly closing it. Um, that trust will get built over time and it, and it is being built right now as we speak. Um, but it's, it's, quite incredible to see their faces when orders come in. They're like, like last week we had one branch close 22 orders in one week. And she said, are these all for me? Like, did they come from one customer? Is this wholesale? Like, what's the deal here? And we said, no, this is, you know, over multiple customers that, you know, they just really love your items and um, they're really well priced. So, so that's, that's the link. That's amazing. Now, um, tell me a bit about yourself. Uh, and and uh, well, I mean, we've talked a bit about, about the founding, but uh, how did you get into this uh, yourself? What's your background around uh, fashion or beauty? Yeah, absolutely. So this is my second company. My first company was a digital marketing agency. Um, so I started that in 2010. This was back in the day when people didn't really know why they needed a, an online presence. They didn't know why they needed to be on Facebook. Uh, Instagram was just coming around. I don't even think it was sold to Facebook at this time. Um, yeah. So people had no idea what was about to come. So I noticed a gap in the market back in 2010, because I had a career, a brief career in television and journal, uh, television and radio, where I would use my Twitter account and my Facebook account 
to connect these brands with my listeners when I would be online, like yourself. And uh, I had a blog, it was called Use Us. And so 2012, I turned it into a full-time marketing agency. We were one of the first of two digital marketing agencies in Canada. And so when you went on Google and you would put in digital marketing or marketing, we would pop up. And um, 2012, all the way to 2015, we blitz-scaled it and served so many different types of clientele. And uh, then we were acquired by a large um, ad agency out of Australia called Cummins and Partners. And so 2015, all the way up until the pandemic, I continued to do a lot of consulting, a lot of marketing, digital marketing. Um, and the problem was always the same. It was, you know, can you please help me with my marketing? Can you please help me with my Facebook marketing, marketing my Instagram? I just want to do what I'm good at. You handle all the marketing. I just need to make money because marketing is not everyone's um, playground. So the link is more than just a fashion e-commerce platform. We've really built an entire portal in the, on the sell side, we call it the sell side. So it's a two pronged process on the shop side is what the consumers can do. They can shop. And on the sell side, brands around the world come on and they pull in their product. They build their store. We don't charge very much commission. We don't charge a large platform fee and they can upload their products. They can access all of our digital marketing tools, all of our advertising tools, integrations, influencer marketing, social media marketing, you name it. And they're, they're just, they're absolutely loving it right now. That's amazing. Now, Canada is obviously a, you know, very ethnically diverse country. It's becoming much more so as we see more immigration places like Toronto. I think Toronto's said to be the most multicultural city in the world. Um, have you seen, um, I'm assuming an increase in demand for, for products from around the world that would, uh, uh, you know, be, be, be relevant and attractive to consumers in Canada, just given how global we've become as a country. Yeah. I I'm so glad you said that and brought that up because we're finally living in a melting pot society where, um, you're like back in my parents' day, for example, when they came, it was very, um, on the down low, like, you know, don't rub the bear. Don't, don't disturb, you know, the other cultures that are around us. Like you come in, keep your head down. Um, cause it, immigration was really, you know, it was very important to them back then. Um, and there was not a lot of people that looked like them back then. Now you're seeing, you know, Eve and the Wally and all these different cultures being celebrated loud and clear that, you know, we're here and, um, we are, we're amalgamating with each other which is really beautiful to see. But where do these guys go when they want to find very unique items that pertain to their cultural identity? There's not a lot of places. Um, and we're still not at that place where you can walk into a mall and you can see items that are, you know, culturally appropriate for you, for the, uh, for the, you know, the birthday that you're going to go to or the, um, the holiday celebration you're going to go to where, you know, 90 of your family members that are also Indian are going to show up in saris and langas. It's like, where do I go to find these items? Um, and usually they don't exist on Amazon and they don't exist on, on Etsy or these places because they're just not, um, they're not unique. And usually, again, as I said, there's all these logistical issues that are involved and that's why we, we don't have access to them unless we go travel to these places. Oh, very, very interesting. Yeah. Now, um, I know that some retailers, this is sort of an aside, but there's a 15% pledge that we've seen uh, 
um, with some larger retailers in Canada here to bring that in. And I think that also is, you know, bringing in much more of a diverse offering to, to retailers as well. Hopefully that's being honored by retailers. I haven't actually looked to see if, uh, if they are, if it has, if it has so, been, I'm sorry. You know, I, and I, I admire that they're, they're doing something about it and, you know, they're pledging you know the 15% or whatever you want to call it. I think instead of even doing a pledge, just carry it. Um, you know, it's why, why are you pledging? Why are you tr- making this announcement? You know, if you look around you and you look where we live, it's not hard to see that, you know, we, we, again, we live in this melting pot society. So um, I would expect them to carry more than the 15%. I don't know why it it comes down to this 15% pledge. Like, Oh, thank you so much for doing that. You know, it should just be like, you should have these things regardless. Um, Be aware of your, of your audience and like the foot traffic you're, you're getting, uh, whether to your website or to your store, like, you know, take a look at your customer do some, um, you know, do some, user journey questions. Um, I, I love it, but at the same time, I mean, it, it's like you're coming a little late and how you're doing it is, it's a little bit of a dinosaur move. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost reactive to a degree. You got it. Now, and now the company, you've got some uh, big players on the advisory board you that uh, you've set up for the link. Yeah. Uh, it was all intentional. Um, I I went out there and I, I looked for people that had marketplace experience, had built marketplaces, marketed on marketplaces. So we have Alvina Patel, who um, uh, Alvina Patel Buxani, who is the former VP of marketing at Farfetch, and we have Richard McMahon, who is the former chief of strategy at Bed Bath and Beyond. So they are they are very incredible advisors um, to the team, and just you know making sure everything's is tight and our screws are on and we're operating with efficiency. And then we have some absolutely incredible people um, that are on product and helping us develop product. We have a, a great team. Um, these are some of like, you know, ex Googlers, ex Facebook um, sort of technology and dev team is quite extensive um, and they're extremely knowledgeable in what they do. And then we have advisors that help us in logistics. Um, you know, we have lawyers on the team, financial advisors. Uh, so it's quite a stacked advisory for sure. Terrific, terrific. I want to touch a bit on um, makeup specifically. Um, this is something. So years ago, I was doing consulting with uh, um, we had a client, and uh, she was at, she had been a, a model. She's got quite dark skin. I think she's from Nigeria originally. She found during photo shoots they didn't have the right shade of makeup for her. So she developed her own line. Um, this is probably something we're seeing more of from uh, uh, people realizing that there's a demand, especially in places where there's all shades of people, like a city like Toronto, that you need that. Because I don't know if the big make and I'm, I don't wear makeup, so I'm not an expert, but this is something that I think is probably, you know, certainly in demand uh, in a place like Canada at this point. Oh my goodness, yes. And it, I think uh, Justin Trudeau is, uh, has pledged what is it, 400, 500,000 um, people from overseas coming in over yeah. the next uh, four years, I think it is. Um, it might be that number per year. I'm not kidding. That's, uh, yeah, and it's, it's a lot. <laughs> you're going to see more of this. You're going to see more innovation in this space. And, um, you know, all these old remedies that are coming from overseas, whether it has to do with skin, hair, um, beauty regimens, like you're going to continue to see this grow. and uh, again, it, it's, it all comes down to, you know, looking around you and seeing how many different colors in our culture there are. Um, but yes, absolutely. You're, we're even seeing that on the link when people, when brands are coming on board, these beauty brands are coming on board, they're coming on board and they have 
so many old ancient remedies for um, even like hair thinning, um, you know, things like uh, for your gut, uh, they, they use like all these different herbs and stuff, you know, in India, for example, um, it's very, it's very eye-opening for us because we, we don't have direct access to these things. Um, but the more we grow and the more, you know, Canada and the U S grows, you're going to see a lot more of this. It's going to become a lot more accessible. It makes perfect sense. Just what I've seen in terms of studying demographics and, you know, you've got to have stuff that people want to buy. So it's, it's great. There's an opportunity there. I remember, um, there's a beauty brand called NYX NYX that was, I think had a broader spectrum of shades, say a foundation. Again, I'm not an expert, but this is what I remember because I wrote an article, but they shut all their stores in yeah. Canada. So I know they're still wholesaling, I think through probably Sephora. I don't know. I haven't been in a Sephora in a while, but um, nevertheless, there's, there's demand. Um, and, yeah. Fenty. Fenty's done an incredible job as well. Um, that was Rihanna's, um, Rihanna's uh, brand. Um, so you, you definitely are seeing it. It, it is, it is coming. It's just, um, it's not, it's not as normal uh, as it, as we should see it by now. Yeah, absolutely. I think things will change really, really quickly. Well, especially with things like the link. I mean, it's, it's growing quite fast. Uh, and actually tell me a bit about the growth of, uh, of the link since you started it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, oh my gosh, it's, I was saying to my, my husband uh, earlier today, I share off space with him. And I just thought when I first started this thing, I just thought, okay, let's, let's just see what happens. Um, and then we started closing the seed round and all these brands started coming on and we actually had to stop, um, bringing brands on board because we can't handle the volume at this point because our backlog is at sitting at 5,000 products. Like these are products we haven't even put onto the site yet because we actually have to go through them, make sure that, you know, they're quality controlled, they match the picture, all of that stuff. So, um, the demand is, is very high, you know, and when you're building a marketplace, you have to have demand and you have to have supply. So on the supply end, we're having consumers come, they're shopping, you know, when are you bringing, when is the next batch of items coming? I love your, I love your items. Um, so much, you know, positive stuff that's coming from consumers. And then on the demand side, on the brand side, we had to take a pause um, just until we sort out the, the backlog of items that we have. And that's more of a tech issue than anything else. But um, it's it's so incredible to see how how it's churning right now. My I think my most favorite thing to do is when orders come in and then I get to email the brands one on one and I get to say, you know, congratulations, you have another order. And they're like, for me. <laughs> so that that's a really, really cool thing to see. Oh, terrific. And um, now uh, internationally, how how is everything going with shipping and whatnot in terms of um, orders coming from overseas? We paired with a Canadian company called eShipper. And eShipper has been helping us out immensely. So we've been working with them uh, when it comes to, you know, helping us find a warehouse, helping us find a good team for quality control, boxing, packaging, um, you know, when things are maybe get held up in customs or, you know, paying the duties because the duties and everything, uh, as you know, is a big, it's a pain. Uh, so eShipper has been absolutely incredible in helping us. Um, I won't go further than that, but uh, it's, internationally um it hasn't been too much of a pain so far we'll see as we after indonesia we're going to go into africa um and as you know africa is not one whole country even though it is a whole country there's so many different areas in between that have borders so it's not like you know we can just um transfer say from tanzania 
uh, into another area of Africa, you got to also go through this whole process of like duties crossing the border and all of that. So I'm sure we're going to come across some issues when we, we get into uh, shipping and, and all of that when we enter there. But um, I mean, it's all part of growing the business. It's fun. Absolutely. And learning, of course. Yeah. And learning. You got it. Now, sustainability is a hot topic. Uh, um, you mentioned sustainability earlier and uh, a lot of cultures even overseas are, are especially looking at this as, you know, we have global warming and everything else that's happening right now. You know, the oceans seem to have a lot of plastic in it and it's it's not a good situation, yeah. I think, all around. It was very interesting to see when we first started and we started talking to brands and so sustainability is this word that kind of just gets thrown around. You don't really know what you're doing with it or, you know, how you're like, what am I doing by using this word sustainability and how is it actually helping the climate? But these brands overseas are dead serious about it. Like I have never seen anyone explain to me sustainability and climate change in one sentence as much as these brands are. So these brands will say, absolutely not. We will not do fast fashion. I will not have a hundred items on, on hand. If you tell me there's five items coming in or 10 items coming, I can get these made. No problem, because I know it's not going to go to waste. Because in, in India, for example, they're, they're facing a, a real big climate crisis there. And they're extremely serious about it. Um, even in, in Indonesia, Bali, like we're seeing it out there as well. Um, we actually, for example, wanted to start packaging our items in plastic bags uh, instead of boxes. So our boxes are extremely sustainable. I mean... If you were to pour water on them, they'd probably disintegrate. Um, so we, we ended up using these boxes. The problem with the boxes is when they got shipped to, say, Canada, they would arrive crushed. And so we wanted to switch to bags. And a lot of the brands, they, they pushed back on it. And they said, no, like bags are not good for the environment. You, I want you to continue using those boxes. So we continue to use the boxes because of that's what the brand wants. Um, so I it really opened my eyes to exactly what we mean when we say sustainability and climate change. Um, and they, they see it firsthand. Oh, that is so fascinating. It would be interesting to talk to more people in you know, places overseas about what is really happening because here in North America, I think we're doing a lot more consumption and probably a lot less, you know, checking ourselves in terms of how we're polluting everything. Right. So, and yeah, got it. Oh, yeah, no, it's something to be educated much more on. Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and sort of I've got a general broad question. Um, what do you see in terms of the future of uh, both fashion and, and beauty, say in Canada, as new brands come on board and as the link grows? Oh, my gosh, that's a loaded question. I think you're going to see a lot more cultural items uh, when you go shopping. Um, in real time, in the mall, for example. Uh, I don't think it's just going to be like, let's go to a Gerard street or let's go to little Italy or let's go. I think it's going to be, you know, let's go to the mall and we're going to be able to find everything that we, we need. Um, I think we're definitely going to see that it's, it's due to come. I also feel e-commerce is catching up in a very, very, very big way. So, you know, sizing virtual try-ons, um, you know, actually seeing, feeling, talking to the brands. Um, it's it's happening right now. There's so many sites that that have it. Um, and you're going to start to see that in Canada more and more um, with what I mean by that is like closing that gap with um, overseas and say Canada or, 
for the US. Um, that's that's definitely coming. But that cultural gap that has that we've you know been so exposed to for so long, um, it it is bound to close starting like actually starting even last year. Excellent, excellent. Anything else you want to mention about the link today? No, um, that's that's everything uh, so far. I mean, uh, if anyone has any questions after listening to this, I would would love for them to reach out to me directly. Uh, would be great. Um, and you know, any feedback would uh, would be so immensely appreciated. Um, but that's that's about it. Excellent, excellent. Be sure to visit the website. We'll have that in the show notes here as well. Thank you so much. This has been Sonia Gill. She's the founder of The Link. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. And I'm Craig Patterson. I'm the founder and publisher of Retail Insider Media, as well as the host of the Retail Insider Podcast. Thank you for joining us here today. Take care and bye for now. 